0: I know, I crack my spine, I dog ear the pages, look, I'm
1: rough when it comes to a paperback, okay? Ah, uh, see, in me, I'm just like, look at the pretty, fragile thing, and then I, like, gently open it and read it. <laughs> there are two
0: kinds of readers, y'all. Me and Abby.
1: hey guys here's what's coming up next week on february 1st we will be discussing where'd you go bernadette by maria semple and boy do we have some thoughts on this book then on february 8th we will be discussing our favorite romantic relationships just in time for you to pick up some more books for valentine's day now on with the show welcome back
0: to the book life podcast with your host myself mo and my best friend abby Tonight we are doing a singular book review for the book Cast in Shadow by Michelle Sagara. When I say singular, because this book actually is one of 15, so it's a long-running series. Plus, it now has a spin-off that follows another character named Sven. This is one of my favorite top 10 books that Abby was like, Oh, I think I'm going to read these. Sounds great. And we have some very differ- some very differing opinions about this book, which is perfectly fine. I have read up to book eight, so I've not read anything past eight, so there's still seven more books out there I have not read. I found these books in high school at Borders, and I remember distinctly reading them in school. They were just one of those books I had
1: with me that I would carry around to classes and stuff like that. Yeah, I decided to read this one because as I was going through my books, I found it, and I went, I never bought this book hey, this is the first in that series that Bo really loves. Oh, crap, this is (laughs) Moe's.
0: I'm quite curious how long you've had that book, to be honest. Since high school. Holy crap, (laughs) Abby. Really? Yes. Okay, because I definitely accuse somebody else, because I used to give a lot of my books to one of my other friends, Ashley, who read a lot of the same things I read and you read, and I asked her, I don't know, when I asked her, I'm like, I'm like, hey, do you have any of my books? But I changed, like, oh, yeah, I still have a few. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, whenever you're in town, let me know. And I asked her specifically, hey, do you have Cast and Shadows? I can't find my first copy. He's like, no, I don't have that. I'm like, well, where the crap did that book go? Abby, it was you since high school. That's been like 15 years. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, I would like that book back.
1: It is currently sitting in my van so that I can take it to you the next time I see you okay (laughs) I know that's why I went oh crap it's Moe's because I realized I've had it since high school because you handed it to me at one point I vaguely remember you handing it to me and telling me I should read it
0: and the fact that we were both in high school because I'm two years older than you (laughs) says a lot I think that means this book has traveled many many places with you I'm so glad that you have not lost it (laughs)
1: I'm genuinely impressed that I haven't lost it. <laughs> of course, to be fair, books are one of those things that, like, when I move, that's one of my first priorities, so.
0: Okay. I understand these things, but holy crap, Abby. <laughs> I'm
1: so sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's
1: fine. On the plus side, it's still in good condition.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It, it, I'm not really that concerned. I did not find a whole bunch of fun facts today, but I did find three decent facts about the books and the author. Do tell. Michelle Sagra also pens books underneath Michelle West or Michelle West Sagra, depending on what publisher she is underneath at the time. Her So her oldest books are going to be underneath Michelle West, but her newer books are underneath Michelle Sagra. She lives in Toronto with her hubby and two kids. She also wrote The Chronicles of Elantra as a response to all the science fiction fantasy books she read growing up that she felt were very sexist, and she just wanted a bomb female hero, not just for women to be a sex symbol in the books. So I really admire that about her. Her goal is never to, per se, write a sexy hero, but to write a strong, you know, a strong feminist character that. Young women can identify with and see that you know you don't have to have the knight in shining armor to save you. She also, and I enjoyed this too. Technically, the books that I gave you were published underneath the Harlem arm for fantasy called Luna. So, Harlem does romance books, right? Mm-hmm. So, they also published the Fairy Godmother series and everything by Mercedes Lackey, and another series I like called the charm Spear series by Catherine Sorrow. But these. Even though they're published by a romance author, they're not very romanc.y you know? Yeah. And that's one of her things, too. When she writes, she's like, I, I didn't want to write boy and girl falls in love and have sex. I want to write what a real relationship can look like in a fantasy setting, essentially. And that's something I highly enjoy because these are not your typical one-shot romances. is a building relationship throughout the series. And you see that, too as you the more you read and the longer you read the series Mm -hmm. so that's what i have that's what i know i like these books enough everyone that i have them not only i have them in paperback form because i started them in paperback so i will only buy them in paperback now of course but they're in physical book form i have the audio books of them and i have the ebooks of them okay that's how much i like these books I think they're a great read. I loved reading them growing up. I've reread at least the first four books three or four times at
1: this point. You sound like me with the finishing school series. And that's
0: perfectly fine. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, it's just one of those books that really charmed me as kind of like my Mercedes Lackey books. Like There's just certain authors that just pull you in and you just want to keep reading their books and you revisit them sometimes because you just want to go back to that world. I love the world that she built.
1: Well, and I will say, she did do a good job of making a female heroine that wasn't sexualized. Mm -hmm. And I did appreciate that. Yeah. Well, can you tell us a summary of the book, Gabby? When Kaylin escaped the streets of Nightshade, she never thought she would have to return. Now, seven years later, she is forced to not only return... But she must do it with the one person she swore she'd killed if she ever saw him again. Even worse, the reason for her return is the reason she fled. The murders have started again.
0: Alright, so isn't that kind of a fun, promising summary? What I really like about these books is that they're fantasy-based, but they got an urban fantasy. So they're, they're sword and sorcery fantasy. But she's a cop, essentially. So it's an urban fantasy in a fantasy world.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, I appreciated that she was kind of getting an urban fantasy vibe in a fantasy world. Yeah.
0: It's different. And I love I love that. That really pulled me in. I went, oh, well, this is cool and different. So the main character is Kaylin. By the way, I know I've never listened to audiobooks. There's the audiobooks I've only listened to like when I'm working, so I can't pronounce crap still. Sorry. So the first character is Kaylin Mia, and she is a twenty one year old female human working as a wait, working as a hawk, aka a beat cup. She is a child of the five, straight smart, sassy, and she's always in debt. She's covered in mysterious tattoos and gifted in languages. There's Severin, who is a twenty six year old male human who is a former shadow wolf, but who is now a hawk, and new partner for Kaelin. He and Kaylin grew up together in the five and have a tense background that will either make or break their new partnership. Marcus Cassin is a male Leontan, and known as Ironjaw. He is the boss of Kaelin and Severn. Clint is a male Aryan, who often stands guard at the halls of law and is very fond of Kaelin, and would take her on flights when she was
1: younger. Tila is a female Barani and partner to Taint. They both work as hawks, which is frowned upon in the immortal Borani culture. Tain is a male Borani, who is the partner to Tila. Both he and Tila are fond of Kalin and often offer her advice. Lord Grimare, a.k.a. the hawk lord, is a male Aryan. He directly serves the emperor as the commander for policing the city of Elantra. Tiamaris is a male dragon and youngest of in his caste. He is a mage and is directed to work with Severn and Caelan in their new case. Lord Nightshade is a male Barani and ruler of the Fife, Nightshade, where pharaohs roam. And at this point, we should probably mention the different species that are in this book. I was going to say,
0: would you like to discuss some of the names <laughs> we said? Because I'm sure people are like, what the crap are they talking about?
1: So, the Aryans that we've mentioned several times are... Basically, hawk like, I guess they have wings.
0: Yeah, so from the way I picture in the book, and I think the way it's described, that they're basically humans with wings is the way because they don't have like hawk faces or anything. From what I understand, that's how I read it, that's how I imagine it. I could be wrong,
1: but that's how that's the vibe I was getting to. Like, they're basically really tall humans with wings. Yep, the Barani are immortal. And they're creepily beautiful and all look very much alike.
0: And I also get the vibe that they're elf like, not elvish per se, but they're elven-like. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking, too.
0: But beyond Tila and Tane, the rest of them are all kind of jerks, not
1: gonna lie. Yeah. So the Leontines are basically lions, just like it sounds and they're mostly taller than humans as well from my understanding.
0: Yeah, so their are walk It's I I always okay, this is terrible. I imagine them as the lion from Wizard of Oz.
1: <laughs> and see, I was picturing the mayor from Zootopia.
0: Okay, I mean, <laughs> I feel like both those would work, either one. And that's one thing I really <laughs> like about this series is that she has so many she has familiar and yet not familiar races. There's some other ones that start coming in later. The The world she has built is so rich and so different. And each book you uncover another layer of the mystery of Elantra and where they live, and why they live the way they do, and the creatures. Eventually you actually get to travel to the courts of the Brawny, And holy crap, the Brawny are just all just I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, they're they're all smarter than you, and stronger than you, and have better magic than you, and they're more beautiful than you. It's just like, I, I just remember thinking, hmm, not a place I want to go to.
1: To be but, fair, when yeah. you're immortal, you, at a certain point, are better than every mortal creature at pretty much anything that you've bothered trying to master. Right. <laughs> That's just the unfairness of immortality, really. We should also probably mention that basically, what the cops are, there are three different branches. There's the hawks, which is what Kayla is. They're kind of like beat cops. There's the wolves.
0: So the wolves are kind of like CIA, FBI. They're investigators. They're the ones who go in to clean up messes. And a shadow wolf, I would say, is a I'm trying to think of equivalent of the big, bad, scary character who goes in to kill, and you didn't know they are coming to kill you, but oh my god, they're killing you and you're dead, and no one's ever gonna know how you died
1: kind of person. Yeah. So whatever that is. So like, an undercover FBI agent, or an assassin?
0: Ah, assassin, yes. An assassin. That that word. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't do what they're called, my bad. <laughs> and then there's also the swords, who are more military, less not... You know, going around to solve crimes or solve the mysteries, not cleaning up and killing people. Just more average people, more more soldiery kind of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're not really excited. We don't talk about them.
1: <laughs> They're not as interesting.
0: <laughs> They're not. And then everything is ruled by the emperor, who's a dragon.
1: And his horde is the city and the people in it. And I love it. Yes, that's a very interesting twist on a horde. And I like seeing that. Mm-hmm.
0: And I also like his law where the dragon is underneath him. So like Tiamaris cannot change into a dragon. He's not allowed to within the confines of the city because he is part of the emperor's horde and the emperor will not allow anyone else to turn into a dragon. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, how did these dragons survive underneath him? But I mean, he's a big, powerful dragon and no one can beat him. So the end. <laughs> so, Yeah. The world is really fascinating. And the more you read into it, the more you get to learn about. So there's one race. I can't remember. I don't think they're in this book, so it doesn't matter. And we get to spend a whole book in their area of the city. And I love them. I love all of those. We get to spend a whole bunch of time with the the Leontins as well. Or the Leontines. I really like Marcus and his family. I love just every book. you kind of could read the books, not in order, if you really wanted to, because they're pretty standalone. And I say that very loosely, like, it's like reading Mercedes Lackey. There's an overarching story, but each book can stand alone, but you might miss some pieces to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot. And they're pretty fast reads, in my opinion. Anything else you would like to say in this half of the podcast? I think we've pretty much covered it all right everyone well as you know after our break when we come back it is spoiler city we're going to deep dive into who our favorite characters were and our favorite scenes and our other thoughts we'll see you all in a minute back to you in a minute guys
1: hi i'm bethany finger the host of prince kai thampod a marissa meyer book club podcast join me every week during my read along journey through all of the books by author marissa meyer one chapter at a time spoiler free Each episode will feature a different guest, new fan art, and laughter and joy through reading. You can find Prince Kai FanPod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other listening platforms. And now, back to the show. Welcome back, guys. And remember, this half is spoilers. So if you don't want this book spoiled, pause right now, go read it, and then come back and talk to us. We are going to start with favorite characters. My personal favorite character, honestly, the only character that I really liked was Tiamaris, And that was mostly because he was a dragon. (laughs) I don't know. I had trouble really connecting with any of the characters in this book. Like, I loved the world building and I loved the setup for everything. I loved the vibe from it. It was just the characters did not jive with me. I don't know what it was. I don't know why. So I had a hard time picking a favorite character, and I ended up at T.M.R.S. because he was a dragon, and I love dragons.
0: I mean, that's perfectly legit. I, lo- I, too, enjoy T.M.R.S. because he is a dragon. He's kind of, in the first book, very standoffish and cold, and that's mostly because he has not been out of the high court, so he's not really super interactive with anyone that's not a dragon or a mage, basically, because he comes out of the mage school as well.
1: Mm -hmm. i kind of got scary teddy bear vibes from him
0: yes so i really so the law where the dragons can't be dragons makes me sad but then they get to go into five nightshade and then he goes into dragon form oh my god i love it
1: don't you that scene made me very very happy he's like he started changing and i went we're gonna see his dragon
0: yes and he's he's a prominent character in more of the books as well I can, yeah, you're right. You took the words out of my head. He is a scary teddy bear. Like, he, he starts to get more informal, kind of warms up to Kaylin. Kaylin has this way of rubbing on people and making them like her. And he starts to grow fond of her, too. I like Kaylin. I'm sad that you don't like her because she's a small but mighty character. She's young. She's 21, so she's kind of an idiot. She's headstrong. She thinks she knows everything. And she's pretty arrogant about it, you know. Mm -hmm. like she's really good at fighting she's really good at what she does she rises above her circumstances you know how she grew up in the fife and everything i I always love the sticking point where she didn't do well in the classes that she thought that didn't matter even though you know later she's like well crap i probably needed to know about the traditions of the verani and all this other crap but oh well she's really good at languages like she she can speak four languages and she knows three more and kind of bsing you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: so she's really smart she just didn't want to apply herself and i totally feel that in my heart because people tell me i'm really smart and i'm like mm, you think i am but you should see my grades from high school because i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but really it's because i didn't apply myself to things i didn't enjoy you know
1: yeah i was way in high school too like there were a couple classes I almost failed because I didn't see the point of them. <laughs> I know. I understand these things. And I mean, I just, I had trouble connecting with Kaylin, which kind of bummed me out because I could tell she was the small but mighty character. And I feel like I might have connected with her better if we, if the book had started with her past in Nightshade. It just, I understand why it started right in the action like it did. But it made it very hard for me to connect with her because she had all this anger and all this obviously like all this stuff in her past that you are not informed of. And so it just it it made it really hard for me to connect with her at all.
0: And I understand that because like it they this is when there should have been a prologue where you yes. should have had her and Severin and one of those pivotal moments. I don't know, I think, like, a really good prologue would have been her after she came back to, you know, because she just was sent out to get food, and when she comes back, you know, like, as she was coming back with the food, opens the door and sees that, like, that would have been a great opening scene and understanding why she's so much animosity for him in the beginning, you know? Right?
1: So there's this part where she basically tells this whole story of their past in Nightshade and why she ran away and why she is so angry with Severn. She's telling the Hawk Lord, I think, all her past about how Severn and her grew up in Nightshade and what exactly happened and why she's so angry with him. And as I was reading it and she gets to the big reveal of how he killed the other two girls that they had with them and how she fled, I immediately went, why was this not a prologue?
0: Right? Like, it would have been the
1: perfect prologue. Exactly, because you can start with her, like, semi-innocent self, getting food, and on her way back, like, happy because she got something that one of the other girls would have wanted. And then she walks into the shock and horror of blood everywhere, and both of them dead, and Severn standing over their bodies. Like, Mm -hmm. that would have given me a reason why she immediately tried to kill him.
0: Yeah. I I don't know why she did it like that, because she, she had been writing for at least, you know, 15 years by the time she had started writing this series. So I'm not sure,
1: not sure what was going on with that. You know what I mean? Well, and that was one of the things about this series that kind of killed me was there were so many mysteries that nobody explained or they took forever and a day to actually get around to telling anyone about. That it just kind of drove me nuts. Yeah. And like, I'm perfectly fine if you want to immediately throw me into the action. I love that. But if your character's going to be angry about something, I need some sort of understanding as to why. Yeah. Because you can't can't just tell me that they're angry. (laughs) That's that's the telling, not showing thing. And that, that just really hurt it for me.
0: And I completely understand that. Like I said, I I read this in high school. Most recently I read this, ooh, three or four years ago. And so I can understand why that's jarring. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't make sense why she was so mad at him. And yet I still kept reading the series, so I don't know how I got past that point.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's not even like she has some sort of mini flashback. That's explained in a couple sentences, like before she launches herself at him. Cause you could she could have done something like she sees Severn and there's one or two sentences about of her flashing back to so much blood, like there's so much blood in his hands, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Before she launches herself. Cause then I would have been like, Oh, he fed up. <laughs> right? And we we definitely needed that context. Yeah, it just Anything like that would have really helped me connect with Kaylin better. It just mm-hmm. She's just this little ball of energy and anger for so much of this book before it's explained finally. That by the time you actually get around to the explanation, I'm like, okay, well, it all makes sense now. But I've lost the opportunity to connect with your character because it took so long for you to get around to this. Yep. fully totally understand that. So, yeah. Okay. So what other characters do you like?
0: oh yeah we're still on this one aren't we Um, yes we are (laughs) so i really like marcus i like that when i first got introduced him i was like what the crap is this going on here but he's different he's gruff and he's kind of a jerk but he's also affectionate to kaylin and he's a good surrogate father figure to her i don't know he he gives me warm and fuzzy feelings because his family is really interesting. The whole culture of the lion are really interesting and how Kalen fits in with them. I have lots of warm and fuzzy feelings for Marcus and his wives. He has, he has five, by the way, not just one.
1: I liked Marcus. He was a good character. I enjoyed the references that were dropped to how different their culture is from normal human culture. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they have pride wives. There's more than one wife and like, I thought that was really interesting. I kind of wanted to know more. And I was just like, oh, guess we're not going to go there.
0: Yeah. And it's, um, it sucks that you didn't get to see all of them. Because if you want some, they're not small. They're large, scary women. then mm-hmm. yes.
1: Yeah, because we got to meet the mother of the foundling hall. I love her. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, she's so scary and sweet at the same time. Too yeah, She so.
1: was big and scary and angry for a lot of this book. and. That was terrifying and cool at the same time.
0: Right. I, I love Kaylin's love of the foundlings and I love like her big heart that she has mm-hmm. and how you get to meet all these different people. Did Kaylin deliver any babies in this book?
1: Yes, but you didn't actually get to see it. Oh, yes. I also, lo- talked about.
0: Yeah. I also love that she's a midwife and she uses her magic to help deliver children. She's like Kaylin's Tough, yet soft. Like, she's just this big dichotomy of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, I love her. I also highly enjoy Tila and Tane. And I like how they go against a grain of their culture because they're looked down upon by the Barani because they're in the Hawks. But they were bored and they wanted something to do and they, they love it. And their fight scenes are really good. I love, I love their action scenes.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, are Tila and Tane twins? Nope. No? Okay. They're I thought both- I remembered that they were twins, and I'm like, but that doesn't feel right. No, it's not. They're <laughs> friends.
0: What about your least favorite characters? Or not connected characters, which is everybody pretty
1: much, but... The character I probably disliked the most was Severn. I just... I got bad vibes from him every time he showed his face. You know? Yeah. And it wasn't just from... Kaylin's skewed perspective, either because I wasn't connecting with her very much, and so it was just like every time he showed up, I'm like, Nope, I got bad vibes, you need to go away now. (laughs) I just, nothing about him pleased me, even like towards the end when they sort of come to a truce. I was just like, Nope, still don't like you. Yeah,
0: understandable. I go back and forth, like, he's much better in later books, but in the first book, you're like, Why are you here? You know, Mm -hmm. and then you start learning more and you're like, I don't like you. Can you please leave the story? Evacuate yourself. (laughs)
1: Evacuate yourself right out of this ship, please. Pretty much. All right. So favorite scenes.
0: I like I said, I'm really a big fan of the world building. So a lot of my favorite scenes are more descriptions. So I really love when Kaylin first walks into the halls of law. And Sagra writes about this big open room where the Aryans can fly in and out. And so you're like, when I think about it, I think about, and this is just my headspace, like, you know, the picture of the Vatican where the people are really tiny, but the pillars are really big. on um, mm-hmm. St. Peter's Basilica, right? That one? Yeah. Okay. So I imagine that kind of hall without a ceiling. So no Michelangelo frescoes or anything. Big, open. Huge hall, huge beams, and all of these, you know, birdmen, hawkmen basically flying around and just is really busy, bustling. All these people going in and out because, you know, there's wolf, you know, the wolf branches over here and the sword branches over here, and all the hawks are going in and out and everything. Mm-hmm. And just when Kalen, you know, is looking at Clint. And she touches, like, his flight feathers, you know, her love of flying, her love of her friends who are now her family, and just that sense of wonder. I love all of that, all right there. Mm I also like that the author also lets you know that Clint is annoyed that Kayla touches his feathers, but he still lets her because he's like, fine, whatever, you can touch him.
1: I enjoyed Clint, the little bit that we got to see of him.
0: He, he pops up again and a few other ones. But I'm I like...
1: curious, though. What do they do when it rains?
0: Like, with that big open hall, is it just...
1: Everything gets wet?
0: That was not addressed. I don't know. I assume so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that just occurred to me. I'm like, dang. Can they fly in the rain?
0: I'm sure. Hawks can fly in the rain. Do you want okay. to? No.
1: But, you can. Okay. I mean, birds fly in the rain, yeah. I was just thinking how miserable that has to be for everybody else who doesn't have wings like i have to go through this giant open hall it is pouring cats and dogs just because they left it open for the birds
0: i mean maybe it has a retractable roof like the you know the football stadiums sometimes have you know
1: that's true it might
0: <laughs> i don't know much more <laughs> it wasn't addressed
1: I'm sorry. I am nitpicking the world building. <laughs>
0: You're fine. And I also love when we get into the Five Night Shade and we get to go into his castle. His castle just reminded me of a fun house, basically. Like, it's very trippy, very different. There's all of these. You know, he's like, my magic will keep you safe as they walk through, I guess, a barrier of magic. I don't Magical entryway. Mm hmm. And then you get to meet Lord Nightshade, and you're like, why is this Ferrani out here and not at the court? You know, and then you start learning more about what the Fives are and why they're significant. Yeah. Yeah, he's a
1: really deep character, really interesting. I really enjoyed all of the scenes with Lord Nightshade because he was a mystery that I was interested in. Like I said earlier, there were a lot of mysteries that just, like, weren't delved into or explained at all. But That's he because was one... they're in
0: other books. He's in another book. and more significant in a different book, Abby.
1: Okay, but my point is, like, a lot of them didn't catch my attention. I was just like, oh, great, another mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, Lord Nightshade was one of those mysteries that I was like, oh, okay, see, I'm interested in you. Hmm? <laughs> you actually intrigue me. I do want to know more. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Yeah. So the other scene that I really enjoyed was when T.M.R.S. goes into his full dragon form. That just, that made me ridiculously happy. Because you have this huge, gorgeous bronze dragon suddenly destroying things. And I went, yes.
0: (laughs) And I mean, you have to admit, the author writes very nice action scenes, right?
1: Yes, I did enjoy that. And I loved that because he changed into his dragon form, he lost his clothing. And so he kept, like, his bronze scales all over himself for modesty's sake when he changed back. <laughs> I thought I, that was funny.
0: I appreciate that.
1: I was like, oh good, he's just not wandering around naked, because I would have wondered about the clothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thank you for dressing these clothes. I think about some really random things, like, I've read enough shifter fantasy That I need to know what happens to the clothing. If you don't give me an explanation that is reasonable, I'm going to keep wondering.
0: Mm.
1: Like in the Mercy Thompson series, it all gets destroyed. They just buy really cheap clothing because they know they're going to rip it. And so, yeah, I was glad to see that there was an explanation given for his clothing. Oh, good. I'm glad that pleased you. It did please me. That cracked me up. Alright, so let's move on to least favorite scenes. Well,
0: I mean, basically, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but not really. I don't like Kaylin's throwback scenes with the Fife and learning about her growing up and her backstory and what happened, because it, for one, like, I understand why we don't like Severin. Two, it just makes me really sad. Like, I remember reading those and thinking, well, girl, no wonder you're pissed at him, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know and that's probably my least favorite thing and kind of like you said sometimes the books are a little bit disjointed like the first book I can understand why you wouldn't want to read immediately the second book because it doesn't make a lot of sense but I I don't know I'm more there for the world building and the action mm-hmm. and, I, and like I said I got I got drawn to Kaylin so I think everything in this book is pretty awesome minus her backstory is really
1: sad Yeah. personally I just didn't like any scene where Severn showed his ugly face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, I disliked his character enough that anytime he showed up, I'm like, really? And I was just, I was making disgusted faces at my book until he left. (laughs) Uh, Your book is my book. I'm sorry. I was making disgusted faces at your book until he left. (laughs) That's right. You were. (laughs) So just like all the emotional stuff and like the the wrap-ups and the truce and everything between him and Kaylin. I was just like, no, I don't care. You just need to leave. (laughs) It happens. Yeah.
0: Well, let's dive into the last bit. What are your final thoughts about the book?
1: Okay. So right after reading this book, I gave it four stars. But it's been, what, a couple weeks since Mm -hmm. I read it? And the further away from me that this book gets, the more apathetic I am towards it because I was kind of hoping that if I just left it, it would stay in my mind as a four-star book and I would be happy maybe down the road picking up the second eventually. But honestly, sitting here right now, I feel like it's a 3.5 star book for me. And I'm not going to change my rating on Goodreads because I would have rounded it up anyways, but it just, it kind of makes me sad that it didn't grip me as much as i was hoping it would and i feel no desire to book up the next book
0: and i that's okay i i suppose i can live with that and honestly it's all right that we don't love everything you know like together like love everything books it's okay we don't love everything each other reads maybe that's a better way to say it For me, this is still really highly rated. This is still a 4.5 out of 5 stars for me. It's one of the series from high school that I really loved. I always look forward to whenever a new book would come out. Like I said before in the beginning, I have it in three different forms, how much I like it. Mm -hmm. And they're really, for me, they're really good rereads because I pick up on new things I didn't pick up on before. Because there's a lot of stuff built into the books. And there's probably too much built into this first book for you to like it as much as I liked it. And, you know, and you didn't like the characters as much as I did, and that's all right. And I do wonder
1: what my reaction would have been if I'd read it in high school. Like, (laughs) Like when I gave it to you
0: 15 years ago?
1: Jeez, Abby. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I do wonder, like, would I have liked it better? Would I have liked it less? Because I don't even remember if I tried to read it.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's one of those things, too, where... I read it in high school, I read it again in college, I read it like right after college, and then I've read it also, like I
1: said, within the last four years, I still like it every time I read it. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, you read it in high school, so even reading it again in college, there was some sort of nostalgia factor for you as well.
0: This is true. I mean, just like dealing with dragons that I read the whole series and loved it, and you're kind of like, meh, that's all right.
1: Yeah, like. The Dealing with Dragon series, I plan on finishing because they're short books anyways. But I'm sure a lot of your love of them is nostalgia-based. And that's alright. I mean... Yeah. And I mean, you haven't loved every book that I've made you read either, so that's just how it goes.
0: I I appreciate it because it's nice to know that we are different people sometimes.
1: Yes, but only sometimes.
0: Not always. (laughs) Well, everyone, that is our review of Cast in Shadow by Michelle Sagara. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's okay. Because that's how life is. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Talk to you next week, guys. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating on the app you use or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. For a list of the books we talked about today, visit our community page on Facebook at The Book Life Podcast and search under Files. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the same name. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at TheBookLifePodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by Katie Benoit from her album Dominique. You can find Katie on Instagram at K the number 8 T B E N O I T and on Spotify under her name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.